I want to thank our scripture readers as usual for the great work that you do in bringing God's word to us and sharing God's word. That is so appreciated. Apreciamos tanto los que leen la palabra de Dios cada semana. Gracias por su esfuerzo. Uh, so uh, today, the gospel issue that we're going to be talking about is the issue of race and racism. Vamos a hablar del racismo como un asunto del evangelio. And I need to admit to you from the very start here that I'm uncomfortable in a way. Estoy incómodo. I'm uncomfortable on the one hand because I don't feel qualified. No me siento nada calificado. Uh, as you can see, I am an Anglo white person. I've grown up in a largely Anglo cultural context. Soy una persona angla de una cultura angla. And I can tell you I've not really experienced racism in any way. No he experimentado el racismo. And so I really don't feel qualified in some ways to address this. No me siento nada calificado. And there's another reason. The other reason I don't feel very comfortable is that this issue that we're looking at today is so immense. It's so huge. Este tema es tan grande. Uh, there's just no way to cover it in one message. No puedo cubrir y abarcarlo todo en un solo mensaje. I'm bound to miss some aspect of this issue. I'm bound to not say something important that perhaps you're wanting me to say. Voy a, a lo mejor no decir algo que ustedes quieren escuchar. And so from the outset, I'm going to do something that I was told never to do when you speak, and that's apologize. I'm going to apologize that this will fall short. Uh, and I hope that you can forgive me for that. No voy a llegar a la meta y espero que me puedan disculpar. But at the same time, I'm uncomfortable personally. I also want to tell you this. I find great comfort in one thing. Estoy cómodo por una cosa. And that is that I believe and know that God's word is big enough to address this issue. La palabra de Dios está calificada para enfrentar este asunto. The word of God is qualified to talk about this. The word of God is sufficient. La palabra de Dios es suficiente in fact, the word of God is what we need to bring to this issue. We must go to God's word, not only if we're going to be able to define and understand what's going on with racial issues, but if we're going to find light on our path, if we're going to find solutions in our world. Tenemos que acudir a la palabra de Dios para encontrar no solo respuestas, sino soluciones a este problema. I'm with rapper and theologian Shay Lin. Shay Lin says that when we talk about racial issues, we need to look to biblical categories, biblical language to talk about this, and not be pulled in by the talking points or the agenda of our world. Tenemos que usar lenguaje bíblico, dice un teólogo, para hablar de esto y no la agenda del mundo. And so, hey, it's to the Bible that we're going to go. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, part of the scripture that was read, uh, we find this amazing declaration of good news. Ephesians 2.14 nos da buenas noticias. It says that he, Jesus, is our peace. He's made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Cristo es nuestra paz. De los dos pueblos ha hecho uno solo, derribando mediante su sacrificio el muro de enemistad que nos separaba. What's the good news? What's the gospel here? ¿Cuál es el evangelio? That because of Jesus, he has torn down 
the wall of, of hatred, the wall of, of, of ignorance, and the wall of separation between the peoples. Jesucristo ha derribado el muro de enemistad entre los pueblos, specifically between two peoples. This is talking about the two major people groups of that day, Jews and Gentiles. Se trata de los judíos y los gentiles. You see, we need to understand that in ancient times, in the time that Paul was writing, uh, people didn't tend to categorize or to divide people up according to skin color, as often is done today. En aquellos tiempos no se dividía la gente según el color de su piel. Now, it wasn't that people were blind. It wasn't that they didn't notice the differences. Uh, no es que la gente fuera ciega. It's just that skin color didn't matter in terms of separating people out. It, it wasn't as important then as it seems to be now. El color de la piel no fue un, como una, una división entre las personas. What mattered in that time was not skin color, but rather ethnicity, your tribe, your culture. Lo que importaba era la etnicidad, la cultura, la tribu. Who did you belong to? And in the ancient world, although there were many different ethnicities, there were really two major people groups. Había dos grupos en particular. As I said, the Jews and the Gentiles. There was what was called the people of God, God's special people, the Jews. Había la etnicidad que era el, el pueblo de Dios. And then there were the other nations, the other ethnicities known as the Gentiles. Los gentiles eran las otras naciones, los, uh, las etnicidades. In fact, the word for Gentile in the New Testament, in Greek, the original language, the word is ethne, which means ethnicities. La palabra ethne en griego es etnicidades. And so that referred to all of those other peoples. And so what you had were you, would, you were either one or the other. Either you were a Jew, and you were close to God, and you were special and important, o eras judío, cerca de Dios, or you were part of the ethnicities. You were far from God and unimportant. O eras de los gentiles, y no eras importante. Estabas lejos de Dios. Those were, in effect, the two races, so to speak. Eran esos razas, por decirlo. But now, here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, Paul says that through Jesus, God has done away with that distinction. Dios ha borrado esta distinción en Jesús. Now, if we back up a little bit in verse 11, Paul, the writer here, specifically speaks to the Gentiles, the ethnicities. And he says to them, hey, do you remember how bad it was? Recuerden como era, dice a los gentiles. Remember, you Gentiles, at one time, you were called the uncircumcised by the people of the Jews who call themselves the circumcision. Se les llamaba a ustedes la incircuncisión de los que son de la circuncisión, es decir, los judíos. In other words, that's a racial epithet. The, the Jews looked down on you. They called you dirty, uncircumcised Gentiles. Los judíos se pensaban superiores, llamándolos incircuncisos. Do you remember what that was like to receive those racial epithets? And he goes on to say, remember what came with not being a part of God's people. Remember, you were excluded from Christ. Estaban excluidos de Cristo. Remember, you were separated from Israel, from citizenship in God's special family. Estaban separados de la ciudadanía de Israel. And in effect, you Gentiles were without hope, 
without God in the world. Estaban sin Dios y sin esperanza en el mundo. That's bad news. But now here's the good news. Ephesians 2, 13. But now in Christ Jesus you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Jesus. En Cristo Jesús, a ustedes que antes estaban lejos, Dios los ha acercado mediante la sangre de Cristo. You were far away from God, but now you've come near. Instead of having to shed your own blood through circumcision in order to get close to God, in order to get into God's family, Jesus shed his blood for you. En vez de derramar su sangre en circuncisión para entrar en la familia de Dios, Jesús derramó su sangre. And by shedding his blood, he's brought you near. He's brought you close to God. Los ha acercado a Dios. And verse 15 goes on to say that by shedding his blood, by dying, Jesus has abolished the Jewish ceremonies and requirements. And so circumcision is no longer required to get close to God. Cristo ha anulado en su muerte la, los requisitos de la ley, las ceremonias como circuncisión. Now you can come in and you can be a part of God's family. Puede ser parte de la familia de Dios. And what's the purpose in all of this? ¿Cuál es el propósito? Well, the end of verse 15 says this. It says, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. Eso lo hizo para crear en sí mismo de los dos pueblos una nueva humanidad al hacer la paz. In other words, what Jesus has done is he's brought about something brand new. He has not only brought Jew and Gentile together, a unido a los judíos y los gentiles, but he's done something more. Now it's not just that Gentiles, you have to become like Jews in order to join this thing. Los gentiles no tienen que hacerse como judíos para unirse a esta familia. No. What he's done is he taken, he's taken Jews, Gentiles, and he's brought them together to create something brand new, a new humanity, a new people, a new race, if you will. It's a new breed of people. Es una nueva humanidad, una nueva raza. These are people that are coming together who, who look and think and act and love and live like Jesus. They're Jesus people. Son personas que, que se ven y que, que se comportan como Jesús. And so this is the cool thing. And then verse 16 goes on to say that what Jesus has done is that he has made them into one body, and he's reconciled them to God, but he's also reconciled them to each other. Los ha reconciliado para formar un solo cuerpo. So you understand what we're talking about here. This, this is something brand new. In fact, uh, uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 says this. Now, there is no Jew or Greek. That's been wiped out, for you are all one in Christ. Ya no hay ni judío ni griego, dice Galatas. Son uno solo en Cristo. And the whole goal of it all, the whole end game, according to Ephesians 2.22, is this, that in Christ, you're coming together, Jew and Gentile, to be built up into a brand new dwelling place for God, a place where God lives by his spirit, a new temple, En Cristo, judíos y griegos están edificados en un nuevo edificio, una morada donde habita el Espíritu de Dios. This is what God wanted all along. This is what God was after. Eso es lo que Dios quería. And this is why God 
established Israel. Israel was put on earth to be a light to the nations, the Old Testament says. A light to the Gentiles. Israel iba a ser luz para las naciones. In other words, God made this special people Israel in order to be a gateway for all the other peoples and cultures and languages to come in and know God. Israel iba a ser la puerta hacia Dios. But what happened? Israel failed in its mission. Israel no tuvo éxito en eso. Instead of being inclusive and staying, instead of saying, hey, everybody, come in, come know God, they became exclusive. They got to a point where they thought that they were racially superior to everybody else. Se pensaban superiores a los demás. In fact, they even marked off an area of the temple where only Gentiles could only go so far. There was a wall. There was a barrier. Había una barrera en el templo donde los gentiles no podían tener acceso. Jews could go further in, but Gentiles could not. It was exclusive. But where Israel failed, Jesus has succeeded. Jesús ha tenido éxito donde Israel falló. And he's done that through this new body called the church. It's la iglesia. And so we need to understand what the church is. The church is not a Jewish thing where the Gentiles get to come in as second-class citizens. No es una cosa judía donde vienen los gentiles. The church is not a Gentile thing where the Jews can kind of hang out if they want to. No es una cosa gentil. To put it in our language, in our situation today, the church is not a white thing. The church is not a black thing. The church is not an Asian thing or a Hispanic thing or a Native American thing. La iglesia no es de los, um, uh, los anglos, de los afroamericanos, los hispanos, asiáticos, etc. The church is a Jesus thing. It is for those who identify with Jesus. Es para los que se identifican con Jesús. I like what Pastor Tony Evans has said about this. He says, now, now your identity is in Christ and not in your culture. Tu identidad está en Cristo, dice Tony Evans, y no en tu cultura. And so this is good news. This is good news because it means that now I understand that my primary identity is as a Jesus person. I'm a Jesus person first. And only in a secondary way am I a white person or an Anglo person. So hay persona de Jesús primero, después una persona angla. Depending on who you are, you're a Jesus person first if you've trusted in him. And secondarily, are you perhaps uh, African American or Hispanic or Asian or Native American? Those identities don't go away, obviously not, and they are good, but that is secondary. Eres de Jesús primero y después Afroamericano, Hispano, Asiático o Indígena. That's the way we now look at things. In fact, that's what we talked about a few weeks ago in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 16. That because of Christ, we no longer look at each other from a human point of view. We no longer look at each other from a strictly worldly aspect, looking at the dividing lines, looking at the things that separate us. Ya no nos miramos según criterios meramente humanos, dice 2 Corinthians 5, 16. So what does that mean? That means that 
any time I operate out of my secondary identity as a white Anglo person, any time as I, I use that identity to look at other people and then to use that identity to ignore, to belittle, to separate myself, to discriminate, to take advantage of, to exploit, to put down. Anytime I do that, that's sinful. That's wrong. Si uso mi identidad primaria como para, para eh, menospreciar o ignorar o discriminar o oprimir a otra persona, es pecaminoso. And anytime I use my, my secondary identity as uh, my culture, my race, in order to show favoritism or preference to someone who maybe is like me, to give them advantages over other people who aren't like me, that also is sinful. Si uso mi, mi identidad secundaria para dar ventajas a alguien como yo y no a las demás, es pecaminoso. That, in large part, is what we're talking about here. Eso es lo que estamos hablando when we talk about racism. Now, there's a story in the book of Galatians that I want to share with you that is really powerful. Una historia de Galatas. It begins in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. It involves the early church leader, Paul, and Peter. Now, Peter was the leader who originally shared Jesus with the Gentiles. He was the, the one who broke the barrier and went out there and shared Jesus. Hay una historia entre Pablo y Pedro, quien fue el primero de predicar a los gentiles. Listen to what this says. Paul is writing, he says, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Cuando Pedro fue a Antioquia, le eché en cara su comportamiento condenable. So Peter comes to visit. What happened? Well, before certain men came from James, these are Jewish men who believe circumcision is needed. Before these certain men came from James, Peter used to eat with the Gentiles. He hung out with the Gentiles. Antes que llegaron algunos de parte de Jacobo, los de la circuncisión, Pedro solía comer con los gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back from the Gentiles and separate himself from them. Cuando aquellos llegaron, comenzó a retraerse y separarse de los gentiles. He didn't eat with them anymore. Why? Because he was afraid of those who said that circumcision is what you need to get into the family of God. Tenía miedo a los que decían que la circuncisión es necesaria. In fact, in this it says that really good Christians like Barnabas were even led into this hypocritical display. Aun Bernabé fue hipócrita en esto. So what happened? Galatians 2.14 Paul says, when I saw that they were not acting in line with the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile, not a Jew. How is it that you're forcing the Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? Cuando, cuando vi eso que no se comportaban uh, según la integridad del evangelio, le, le dije a Pedro, delante de todos, si tú eres judío y vives como si no lo fueras, ¿por qué obligas a los gentiles a practicar el judaísmo? You see what happened here. Peter knew better. Barnabas knew better. He knew that the Gentiles were as much a part of God's family as the Jews. Pedro y, y Bernabé sabían que los gentiles eran parte de la familia de Dios. But when these Jewish Christians who didn't think that way came in, they got scared. And they did the natural, comfortable thing. 
they redrew the line. They rebuilt the wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. Redificaron la línea, la muralla entre judío y griego. It was natural, it was comfortable, and it was sinful. Paul says that's not in line with the gospel. No estuvo alineado lo que hicieron con el evangelio. And so he called them on it. He called them out and said, that's wrong. You're going backwards. Van para atrás, él dice. So you see, we need to understand what's going on here. Jesus is the new man. He's the new model of humanity, and he, by his blood, by his death and resurrection, he's making us into a new humanity, a new kind of people. Jesús nos está haciendo un nuevo pueblo, and that's a good thing. And he's doing that by bringing together people out of all kinds of ethnicities and cultures and languages and tribes and skin colors and backgrounds. Él hace una nueva humanidad de todas las etnicidades, las razas, las lenguas y tal. That's good. But here's the thing. When we are tempted by racial tension to do the comfortable but sinful thing, and separate, withdraw. The gospel, the good news, calls us to do the opposite. It calls us to do the uncomfortable but good thing and draw together as one people in Christ. Cuando la tensión racial nos tienta a separarnos y hacer lo natural y cómodo, el evangelio nos, nos reta a hacer lo incómodo pero bueno, que es unirnos en Jesucristo. That's what we're called to do. In fact, that is in large part what I believe motivated the Holy Spirit to work through people here in Tulare to start Sunrise Community Church 22 years ago. Ese fue el motivo para comenzar la iglesia amanecer. As God formed this community, what in large part was on the hearts of our leaders, myself and others, was to overcome the tendency in our culture that Sunday morning is the most segregated time of the week. Queríamos superar la segregación de los domingos de la mañana. That Sunday morning is the time where we have white church and we have black church and Hispanic church and Asian church and Native American church. We wanted to overcome that because there is no such thing as a white church or a Hispanic church it's one church, the church of Jesus Christ. Queríamos superar esa idea de la iglesia angla, la iglesia hispana, la iglesia afroamericana. We're called to come together. And we need to understand what that means, too, what the vision is, what God's vision is. Let me put it this way. I hope it's not offensive, but the vision of God for, for sunrise, I believe, is not that we have a big layer of vanilla ice cream with just a little bit of chocolate and tres leches on top. La visión no es de un helado vainilla con poco de chocolate y tres leches encima. In other words, that, that some of us would say to other groups, come on in, but become like us. We're going to do our thing if you want to join. That's not what the church is meant to be. Queremos hacer lo nuestro si quieren unirnos, unirse a nosotros. So the vision is not to ask people to come 
and to check in their heritage or their secondary identity at the door in order to know Jesus? Absolutely not. No tenemos que entregar al lado nuestra identidad para conocer a Jesús. The idea really of a, of, of a church that is multicultural, multi-ethnic, uh, multicolored, multilingual is that we all become uncomfortable. Todos vamos a hacernos incómodos. It's not been always comfortable to preach in two languages for 22 years. It's not always been comfortable for our Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters to hear more English than they're used to. And maybe for those who speak English, to hear more Spanish than they're used to. No ha sido nada cómodo escuchar un mensaje bilingüe o que los que hablan español escuchen tanto inglés o los que hablan inglés escuchan español. So in effect, the, the vision is this, that we're all called uh, to be uncomfortable, to lay something down, uh, something that may not feel natural to us. Todos estamos llamados para ser incómodos y hacer algo que no parece natural. And as we lay that down, we actually then can experience something really good, the blessing, the benefit of, of seeing and celebrating the whole family of God, the diversity of peoples and, and, and the blessing of each other. Podemos celebrar la diversidad que Dios nos ha dado en la familia de Dios. And, and we'll be talking more about that actually next week. We're going to be talking about celebrating the differences we have and how we can affirm that. Queremos celebrar las diferencias y también afirmar esto. But here's the thing. Jesus has reconciled us to himself through his blood on the cross. Jesús nos reconcilió consigo mismo en la cruz. That reconciliation with God and that reconciliation with each other, it's complete. It's immediate. It's paid for and bought on the cross. Esa reconciliación es inmediata completa. But our experience of that reconciliation is not instant. Our experience of that reconciliation is often a process. Es un proceso experimentar esa reconciliación. So what does that process look like? ¿Cómo se ve este proceso? Well, the Southern Baptist denomination has put out a road map that I think makes a lot of sense. Hay un mapa de los bautistas del sur que me gusta. And they talk about this. They talk about how we... We move, first of all, at, from a place of ignorance. We may not know that there's a problem. Primero estamos en la ignorancia. Oh, yeah, racism, that was dealt with years ago. I don't see any problem. Everybody seems fine. No veo ningún problema. And that's where many of us start. Many of us are at that place of saying, no, I, I think we're good. Yeah, don't need to talk. Why should we have to talk about this? Why should we have to look at this? ¿Por qué hablar o mirar esto? But from there, we are encouraged to move to a place of awareness. Después la conciencia. Oh, there is a problem. And I can see it. My brother, my sister in Christ has been affected by this. Someone I know has been hurt by this. I need to be aware of that. Uh, si sí puedo ver que mi hermano o hermana en Cristo ha sido afectado por el racismo. Tengo que estar consciente de esto. I want to ask you, are you aware? Are you aware? In our sunrise body, I can tell you that there are people who can tell you stories 
They can tell you their experiences of how they've experienced difficulty, pain, frustration, uh, because of racial issues. Hay personas que nos pueden narrar cómo han experimentado problemas por el racismo. And, and so uh, they need to, to be acknowledged, and we need to understand that that's a real thing. Tenemos que estar conscientes de eso. And actually, the other thing we need to be aware of is that we've all been hurt by this. We've all been affected by it. We should be very much struggling with what is going on in our culture right now. Todos debemos estar frustrados y, y apenados por lo que está pasando en nuestra cultura. So from awareness, where do we go? Well, we go to intentionality. Hay que ser intencionales. What does that mean? It means if I'm aware of something, I need to do something about it. I, I need to take the next step. Tengo que dar un paso adelante. And often that involves just simply listening and learning. Hay que escuchar, hay que aprender. Can I listen to my brother or sister in Christ? Can I hear their story without getting defensive, without having a comeback or an easy answer? ¿Puedo escuchar sin ponerme a la defensiva? Can I simply be open to what God would tell me through their, uh, their experience? ¿Puedo estar abierto a eso? That's, that's intentionality. Can I take some other steps to, to show that, that I care about them? And so what's the goal in all of this? Well, there is a goal. Hay una meta. And the goal is to be a gospel community. La meta es ser una comunidad basada en el evangelio. What's a gospel community? It means that we're a community that looks like our community, our neighborhood, our city, and we are bearing one another's burdens. We're honoring one another. We're respecting one another. Uh, we are uh, helping one another and weeping with one another and we're laughing with each other and having a good time as well. Estamos llevando las cargas unos a otros, riéndonos juntos y, y, y pues también llorando juntos. We're loving each other as Jesus would have us love each other. That's gospel community. Es una comunidad basada en el Evangelio. So I want to ask you this morning this question. It's a simple question and it is this. Where are you in that spectrum? ¿Dónde estás en ese rango? Maybe you're just through this message becoming aware that, oh yeah, there is a problem. There is an issue. And the gospel has something to say about it. So the question is, what steps can you take this week and in the coming weeks? ¿Qué pasos puedes dar? I want to encourage you and challenge you perhaps to get outside of your comfort zone and reach out to someone in our congregation or beyond, who is different from you. They may look different, may be from a different culture. Maybe that means you're going to learn a few words of Spanish to relate to somebody in our congregation. A lo mejor puedes alcanzar a alguien diferente, hasta aprender un poco de inglés. And so take that step of intentionality. Go get some coffee with someone and just listen. Have dinner together, perhaps. There are steps, and maybe you're not ready for all the steps, but take a step forward. Vamos a dar un paso adelante. I'm going to agree with you. It's uncomfortable at first. Es incómodo al principio. But when Jesus is in the middle, remember this, when Jesus is in the middle, it's all good. Cuando Jesús está en medio de todo, es bueno.
Let's pray together, shall we? Oremos. Heavenly Father, I just pray that these words will find a place in our hearts, these words from your word, the invitation and challenge for us. Que estas palabras de reto y, 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 y nos, nos puedan ayudar y que tengan lugar en nuestro corazón. I pray for sunrise, God, that we can truly be that community that is a Jesus community. And that we're known as a Jesus people, not a people of a particular culture or background. Que seamos una comunidad basada en Jesús en ninguna cultura en particular. Thank you for what you have done by shedding your blood. You've brought us in to a place where the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Gracias, Señor, que el terreno está parejo a los pies de la cruz. Help us to see our brothers and sisters and to see all people through the lens of the gospel. Que podamos ver a todos por el lente del evangelio. We ask this in Jesus' name, in the name of the Señor Jesus. Amen.